everybody. Good to see you out. It is Labor Day weekend, if you haven't noticed. And the fact that you're here today is a great thing because a lot of people are taking their last summer uh, vacations or camping. And so we're glad you're here this morning. It is wonderful to have Pastor Andrew Beck and his wife Lauren with us. They made it in this week from North Carolina. And so, yeah, give them a hand. Welcome them in. I know you're all going to want to get to know them over these next couple of weeks as they get settled in. But Pastor Andrew's going to lead us in worship this morning. And our worship team has the day off. Uh, So he's going to do the whole thing today. And so I want you to stand together. Let's worship God and let's sing out. Well, good morning. We are just really excited to be here. And yes, we are the ones that made it from North Carolina, but we are not the ones that drove from North Carolina in a U-Haul towing a car. So thank you so much. We, man, we just feel so loved and welcomed already. And we're just really excited to, to be here and be a part of this community of faith and believers. And so we're just going to begin together and and lift our eyes and our focus and our attention on Jesus because he is the reason that we are here this morning. He is the reason that we are gathered to honor and glorify our Savior. So I just would invite you as we worship together, man, let's just focus our hearts and our minds' attention on the risen King. Let's worship. We're going to sing together, Who Breaks the Power of Sin and Darkness? We know that's Jesus. breaks the power of sin and darkness whose love is mighty and so much stronger the king of glory the king above all kings who shakes who shakes the whole earth with holy thunder who leaves us breathless in awe and wonder the king of glory the king above all kings Cause this is amazing grace this is unfailing love that you would take my place that you would bear my cross you lay down your life that I would be set free I sing for all that you've done for me. We have so much to sing about this morning. His goodness, His kindness, His faithfulness. Who brings? Who brings our chaos back into order? Who makes the orphan a son and daughter? The King of glory, the King of glory, who rules the nations with truth and justice shines like the sun in all of its brilliance the king of glory the king above all kings this is amazing grace this is unfailing love that you would take my place that you would bear my cross. You laid 
sing for all that you've done for me. We join our voices together, sing, Worthy is the Lamb who was slain. Sing it out. Worthy is the Lamb who was slain. Worthy is the King who conquered the grave. Worthy is the Lamb who was slain. Worthy is the King who, a little louder now we sing. Worthy is the Lamb who was slain. Worthy is the King who conquered the grave. Worthy is the Lamb who was slain. Worthy, worthy, worthy. Oh, this is amazing grace. This is unfailing love. my place that you would bear my cross you laid down your life that I would be set free oh Jesus I sing for all that you've done for me all that you've done for me Great singing this morning. That was awesome. Thank you, Pastor Andrew, just getting us fired up for this morning's worship. We're so glad that you can be here to, to we're so glad you can be here to join us for, for, for serve this morning. If this is your first time, I'm in the seat pockets in front of you. There's a key, uh, I won't say key card. There's a there's a note card, a little connection card. If you want to fill that out, you can bring it to Connection Point in the lobby or put it in the offering bucket. We just want to get to know you a little more. Um, a couple quick announcements. Um, September 14th is the Awana kickoff, again at 645 on every Wednesday. Um, you can register today at servechurch.org, or you can register on the kiosk. Um, if you're still interested, come see me, come see Mrs. Amy. Um, we still need a couple volunteers, but it's always a great time for uh, on Wednesday, Wednesday evenings. That starts at 645. Um, and then we got our next steps class coming up, class 101 and class 401. That's going to be September 25th from 4 to uh, 8 p.m. My sights isn't as good as it used to be. So uh, dinner and child care is included, um, but you can, again, you can register um, online, servechurch.org, or in the kiosk in the foyer. And then I believe it's Ladies Retreat coming up. That's going to be in McCall, Idaho. A lot of ladies uh, getting excited. If any information, um, you can uh, servechurch.org in the kiosk or see Miss Amy. She's in the the visual booth up, 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 up behind you. So um, again, and let's get around, let's greet one another, and then we'll come back and enjoy some, some more worship.
Well, I know everyone's enjoying greeting each other this morning, and I don't want to cancel any fellowship going on, but we're going to go ahead and kind of move back into a time of, of corporate worship and corporate singing together this morning. And as we do that, I just want to center our hearts around a passage of Scripture. This is from Psalm 23. This is, I'm not going to read all of it, but this, this will be familiar to many of you. I love this. In Psalm 23, it says, Though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup runs over. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. And I just want to focus on four words out of all of that. I love this. My cup runs over. Even though I'm in the valley of the shadow of death, my cup runs over. In the presence of my enemies, my cup runs over. I love this in every season of our life, whether in the peaks or the valleys. For those of us who follow Jesus, we can truly say my cup runs over because Jesus is sufficient for everything that we need in our life. In every good season, every bad season, our cup runs over because of who Jesus is and what he's done. And so we're gonna continue to worship to that end this morning as we sing, bless the Lord, oh my soul, bless the Lord. Let's honor him this morning.
we get to sing this together, that death could not hold our God in the grave. Because nothing is more powerful than our God. As we're about to sing, nothing rivals our God. He stands alone as the King of glory, the King Almighty. He reigns and reigns alone. Let's declare this together as the people of God. Death could not hold you. Veil tore before you. You silenced the boast of sin and grave. The heavens are roaring. The praise of your glory. For you are raised to life again. Because you have no rival. And you have no equal now and forever, God, you reign. Because yours is the kingdom, and yours is the glory, yours is the name above all names. What a powerful name it is, what a powerful name it is. singing this morning, and it is time for Family Focus this morning. Uh, we have a special thank you that we want to offer to everybody who helped with our Summer Kids Club this year, and we had so many people help in so many different ways. Uh, we had mission storytellers and scripture memory verse leaders and, and people who helped us with computers and people who uh, helped coordinate the whole thing together, people who did uh, artwork and, and uh, all sorts of things with the kids during the sessions. And uh, today, we would just like to ask everybody who helped in any way, at least one week with the Summer Kids Club, would you please stand so we can thank you, okay? All, everybody, you helped with worship, you helped with something, would you please stand so we can thank you? All right, let's give them a hand. Thank you so much. We had great participation, and I know that our kids got the maximum out of what they could have gotten from our Summer Kids Club this year. And next Sunday starts our fall season for Kids Sunday School. And if you would like to help with the fall season, and you just haven't heard about it or gotten a chance yet, I want you to see Jamie Smith. She's right back in the back waving at you, and make sure you see her after the service today so she can get you on the calendar for the fall season, okay? That's great. Thank you so much. Let's have our ushers come this morning, and let's receive our morning offering. Let's be faithful to God in our giving throughout this summer. Uh, we do have a special need that I want to share with you today, and it's not one that we'll give an offering toward, but it's one that you could help with this week. 
uh, we have missionaries, uh, Stephen and Irina, who were with us earlier in the year. And their last name is Yagelnecki. You may remember them. They're from Ukraine. And uh, we took them on for support. Well, they can't go back to Ukraine. And uh, so Stephen has decided to move to Nampa for a while uh, with his family and put kids in the school here. And he's still in Pennsylvania, but Irina and the kids are in Nampa. And Irina is very sick. And so they need some help right now with some meals and just support. And if you can help them, I'm going to give you a phone number and the man to call who's leading uh, what's taking place. His name is Rick Dayton, D-E-I-G-H-T-O-N, Rick Dayton. His number is 208-284-RICK, okay? Have you, you guys know how to do that? When I was a kid, we used to make up all the names for it. Uh, whatever Rick is, is it, somebody tell me what that would be on your phone. Uh, I just remember it. He used to sell light bulbs, and that was his number, and it hasn't changed. Okay? 284 Rick 7425. Okay? 208 284 7425. I knew somebody would know how to do that. Thank you, Sheila. Uh, if you can help them the next few days, I want you to call Rick this afternoon and get on the calendar, get on the uh, schedule to help. Uh, Irina is, she's really sick, and they got three little kids, and uh, so they just need some help over these next few days, and we're going to try to get the kids in school uh, over this next week or so, but be praying for their family if you would. All right, let's pray for our offering. Father, thank you that we could come today and worship you once again in our giving, and we thank you for your grace in our lives. We pray that you'd provide for this need for the Yagelnikis, and pray that you would uh, bless now in all of our mission projects around the world and continue to provide uh, for the needs of our missionaries and our pastors as we support them. And we thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. I stand amazed in the presence of Jesus the Nazarene and wonder how he could love me, a sinner condemned We're singing how marvelous, how wonderful, and my song shall ever be. Oh, how marvelous, how wonderful is my Savior's love for me. 
Would you stand with me as we continue to worship? He took, he took my sins and my sorrows. He made them his very own. He bore the burden to Calvary and suffered and died alone. So we sing together how marvelous we're singing how marvelous how wonderful and my song shall ever be oh how marvelous in glory his face I at last shall see and it will be my joy through the ages to sing of his love for me yes it will as we're singing how marvelous time with just our voices. Let's sing together. How marvelous we're singing. How marvelous. How gift it is to sing that truth this morning, that you are marvelous and you are wonderful, and nothing compares to you. So Jesus, in this place, as we open up your word, your holy scriptures, Lord, speak to us. We are here, we are ready, we, we long to know you more. Thank you for loving us, Father. Let me pray. You may be seated.
Okay, if you didn't notice, we are turning to the book of Acts this morning, and starting a brand new series here for the month of September. I am glad that you're at church on this holiday weekend, and we had such a great time of fellowship at the fellowship breakfast this morning. Thanks to everybody who helped make that happen, and it is so good to have Pastor Andrew and Lauren with us uh, here this morning. We've been praying for them. And it's so exciting for this day to finally arrive. Uh, make sure you meet their terrific kids, Hudson and Lucy, after church. And I'd also like, you to, ask, uh, like to ask you to be praying uh, for me as I travel back to Congo tomorrow, uh, Lord willing, where we will have trainings in Pointe Noire and in Brazzaville over this next 10 or 12 days. And in both cities, we have quite a few people uh, who will graduate from the Healthy Churches training that we've been doing there since 2019. And so these folks have attended all eight sessions, and I know that many of them are really excited about graduating and being certified as purpose-driven church trainers. Uh, then they'll go out to smaller cities and villages in their own country. And next Sunday here, you have a special treat. Uh, the series that I'm starting this morning is going to carry on with Pastor Bryce Glazier speaking, and Pastor Bryce and his wife, Tressa, lead our youth group, and they're a godly young couple, and I want you to support Pastor Bryce next Sunday, be in your place, and I know many of you are starting into the fall season that we mentioned earlier for children's Sunday school, and I'm going to be praying that God will bless your ministry in a mighty way. Uh, just a quick reminder, a way early reminder, uh, our mission banquet this year is on October 30th, and I want you to note the date because it's going to come up quick. And in a couple of weeks, we're going to open up 20 spots uh, for table captains for the banquet this year, and I hope you will consider the opportunity to be a table captain. We need 20 of them. And I'll tell you more about that on September 18th, uh, but just wanted to put a bug in your ear so you can mark it on your calendar. Okay, today we're starting uh, this four-week series called You Will Be My Witnesses, and we're going to see some excerpts from the book of Acts that remind us of God's singular, His one and only plan for reaching the world. We're in Acts chapter 4 this morning. Uh, but before we go there, I, I want to read the theme verse for our series in Acts chapter 1 at verse number 8. And so this will not be on the screens. You look at this one uh, in your Bible or on your Bible app. Acts 1, 8, but you shall receive power after that the Holy Ghost has come upon you, and you shall be witnesses unto me both in Jerusalem and in all Judea and in Samaria and under the uttermost part of the earth. And uh, now let's go to Acts chapter 4, and I want us to read a section there, and then we'll go briefly back to chapter 3. And I encourage you to follow along in the passage, uh, and in your notes that are provided in your bulletin, or, or the notes on the Version app. Let's look at chapter 4, and verse number 5, book of Acts. <clears throat> and it came to pass on the morrow that their rulers and elders and scribes and Annas the high priest, and Caiaphas, and John, and Alexander, and as many as were of the kindred of the high priest, were gathered together at Jerusalem. 
And when they had set them in the midst, they asked, By what power, by what, by what name have you done this? Then Peter, filled with the Holy Ghost, said unto them, You rulers of the people and elders of Israel, if we this day be examined of the good deed done to the impotent man, by what means he is made whole, be it known unto you all and to all the people of Israel, that by the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, whom you crucified, whom God raised from the dead, even by him did this man stand before you whole. This is the stone which was set at naught of you builders, which has become the head of the corner. Neither is there salvation in any other, for there is none other name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. You know, as you read through the book of Acts, there are a couple of things that keep coming to the forefront. One is the simplicity of the gospel. It's just the simple gospel. Jesus, uh, who died for his sins and raised from the dead, just again and again and again. That stands out. The other thing that stands out is the power of God. And there are so many lessons for us in the early church's balance of the simplicity of the gospel with the power of God. And in this passage we just read, Peter is speaking before the council of the Sanhedrin, and you may have noticed how plainly and boldly he addressed them. And it goes back to a question that the high priest had asked Peter and John. It was in verse 7. He said, by what power... Or what, by what name have you done this? And to understand the this from verse 7, we got to go back to chapter 3, okay, to find out what this is. What this did they do? And at the end of the message, we'll be back in chapter 4. And so let's go first to chapter 3, and let's talk uh, about this first part of the message today, better than silver or gold. Better than silver or gold. I want you to go to chapter 3, verse number 1. And this is a beautiful passage, great story. And let's read it uh, together. I'll read it out loud. Now, Peter and John went up together into the temple at the hour of prayer, being the ninth hour. Okay, the ninth hour was 3 o'clock in the afternoon. And, and a certain man, lame from his mother's womb, was carried whom they laid daily at the gate of the temple, which is called Beautiful, to ask alms of them that entered into the temple, who, seeing Peter and John about to go into the temple, asked an alms. So he asked for money. And Peter, fastening his eyes upon him with John, said, Look on us. And he gave heed unto them, expecting to receive something of them. Then Peter said, Silver and gold have I none. But such as I have, give I thee. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. And he took him by the right hand and lifted him up. And immediately his feet and ankle bones received strength. And he leaping up stood and walked and entered with them into the temple, walking and leaping and praising God. And all the people saw him walking and praising God. And they knew that it was he which sat for alms at the beautiful gate of the temple. And they were filled with wonder and amazement at that which had happened unto him. And as the lame man which was healed held Peter and John, all the people ran together unto them in the porch that is called Solomon's, greatly wondering. Let's talk about this better than silver and gold. 
And you notice once again the obvious simplicity here. The lame man is begging for money. Okay? He has no idea who Peter and John are. Peter and John aren't famous. Okay? Nobody knows who they are. There's a few people who knew they were disciples, but most people don't even know that. They're just potential benefactors, just people who could give him money. And he's asking everybody for money. And most people just ignore him. Uh, think for just a second how often beggars get ignored, right? Beggars get ignored a huge percentage of the time. Yeah, but Peter and John stopped to connect with this man. And Peter dropped to his level and said, look on us. And this guy thinks he has hit the daily jackpot, right? Here's the guy who's going to throw something my way. And he looks up, he's expecting coins. It's just a question of how many. And then Peter says, silver and gold have I none. And you can just imagine the guy's head drops. Oh, great, no coins. Just another lecture, right? Word of hope. Silver and gold have I none, but such as I have give I thee. Such as you have. You don't have any coins. What do you have? I have Jesus. He's better than silver and gold. In his name, rise up and walk. And Peter takes him by the hand and lifts him up, and all of a sudden, a current of power runs through his feet and his ankles, and he doesn't just walk, he leaps. Now, I'm afraid that many modern believers have been deceived into thinking that they have nothing to offer to the confused, hurting people around them. But friends, we have the same Jesus that Peter and John had. And Jesus is still the answer for people's lives. Jesus is the only healing for the soul. And we need to latch on to this phrase that Peter said, such as I have, give I thee. That's the attitude that we really need to take when it comes to our witness. Instead of treating Jesus like someone to be hidden, someone who's never spoken about, we should carry his name boldly and unashamedly. We should act like we really believe that Jesus is the answer to every question in the hearts of men. Such as I have, give I you. He is the best possible thing we can offer to anyone. Why then is he the last thing that many Christians think to offer? You know, the gospel is the most effective when it is the most simple. Jesus is the answer. And I've often said it this way. Jesus is the answer What's the question, right? Because every question in life uh, that people ask, the answer to that question is Jesus. And yet we look in so many different areas to find answers. And all of these people uh, who saw this, they realized this is the lame guy who always sits in front of the temple gate. He's walking around and leaping. And they want to know what he had. How'd the lame man start leaping? And so thousands of people run to this large pavilion known as Solomon's Porch. And Peter thought, wow, this is a great opportunity to do some preaching, right? Uh, Peter didn't think of anything else other than how could we tell them about Jesus? And what an opportunity that is. When I was a kid, we used to go every summer 
to uh, Six Flags over Texas. And it was a big youth activity, and, and we'd go from Oklahoma City and take a couple buses down, and, and we'd spend the whole day at Six Flags and having all sorts of fun. I remember one time, uh, a buddy of mine, we were, we were in the very front of Six Flags where all these people are walking around, and he said, you know, we could do something really fun. And so he went right out in the middle, and he, he pointed down like this, and so I looked down and pointed with him. And then people started coming around, and there was like this mob around us. People are jumping, you know, they want to see what's going on, what's going on. And then we sneaked back out, uh, because we were little, you know, and, and we sneaked back out, and nobody who was looking at the thing knew what the thing was, right? And that reminds me a whole lot of this world, right? There is a mob mentality in this world today and it's usually over nothing, right? People get all fired up about celebrities who got a nose job or a chin job or whatever, or, or whatever's on the cover of the magazine or what this political figure said or what this sports figure said. And uh, you know, in eternity, what that all adds up to? Nothing. It adds up to nothing. If we are going to have people around us, you know what we ought to tell them about? Something. Jesus is the something that we should talk about. And so that's what Peter did. Now look at this in verse number 12. So Peter sees it, verse 12, he answered all the people. Ye men of Israel, why marvel ye at this? Why look you so earnestly on us as though by our own power or holiness we made this man to walk? The God of Abraham and Isaac and of Jacob, the God of your fathers, has glorified his son Jesus who he had delivered up and denied him in the presence of Pilate when he was determined to let him go. But you denied the Holy One and the just and desired a murderer to be granted unto you and killed the Prince of Life, whom God hath raised from the dead, whereof we are witnesses. And his name, through faith in his name, has made this man strong, whom you see and know. And he preaches to them. Now go further down what he says. Verse number 19. Repent ye therefore and be converted that your sins may be blotted out when the times of refreshing shall come from the presence of the Lord. Let's talk about this next part of the message. Blotted out. Blotted out. I love that phrase from verse 16. It's underlined in my Bible. His name through faith in name has made this man strong. That is an incredible phrase. His name, through faith in his name, has made this man strong. And this same name is powerful enough to save your souls. He goes on to tell him, redemption has been completed by Christ. This man, Jesus, has fulfilled everything necessary for eternal life. Yes, you Jews killed him. But he rose again, and his death, burial, and resurrection is the answer for your sins. But this spectacular gift, this incredible gift, requires acceptance that only comes by repentance and faith. Repent, therefore, and be converted, that your sins may be blotted out. Now, this wording was nothing new to the Jews. 
Uh, just several years before, John the Baptist had arrived on the scene preachy, preaching what's called the gospel of repentance. Jesus himself had used the term repeatedly. Uh, for instance, in Luke 13, Jesus said twice, except you repent, you shall all likewise perish. Repent has been used 45 times in the Old Testament. If you want your sins blotted out, first you must admit your sins and repent of them. Now, for some reason, uh, it seems more often than not that repentance has been left out of the modern church lexicon. And I'm pretty sure the reason is that people want a ticket to heaven, but they don't want to have to change their lifestyle. And, and so you hear a lot about believe and accept, but you don't hear much about repent. And receiving the gift of eternal life requires believing and accepting. But in the gospel message, believing and accepting are always partners with repentance. Repent is used 60 times in the New Testament. And it, so what is repentance? I believe the scriptural definition would be something like this. A change of mind and heart that results in a change of action. It is the act of changing one's mind toward God. And, and you can't have your sins blotted out if you aren't willing to change your mind about who you are and about who God is. And there's a sense of awareness of my own unrighteousness as well as a plea for mercy to God. And, and Peter is using the occasion of this layman's healing to call sinners to repentance so their sins could be blotted out. By the way, if you're a witness of Jesus, you know what he's using every event in people's lives for? So that you can help call them to repentance. God allows people to go through situations, circumstances, relationships, trials, illnesses, difficulties, so that we who are God's people can call them to repentance. And yet, often, that's the last thing that we ever do, right? In fact, we go to the level of their situation or circumstance, and we don't even really tell them about Jesus. Now, I want you to skip down to verse number 3, or chapter 3, verse number 25. And uh, look at this. He says, ye are the children of the prophets, talking to the Jews, and of the covenant which God made with our fathers, saying unto Abraham, and in thy seed shall all the kindreds of the earth be blessed. Unto you first, God having raised up his son Jesus, sent him to bless you. He sent him to bless you. Now look how he's going to bless you. Turning away every one of you from his iniquities. Well, let's what it, talk about what it means, third of all, to bless you. Okay, to bless you. Okay, because we hear this a lot. In fact, we hear it when people sneeze, right? People sneeze, bless you, right? In other countries, when you sneeze, they say nothing. A lot of other countries. Now, in Germany, they, say, they do say Gesundheit. But in India, they say nothing. And in fact, they don't even cover their mouth. They just sneeze, right? So we have the bless you thing. Where did that all come from? And what does it mean to bless you? And why do we talk about blessings all the time? 
Well, the only way we find in verse 26 to God's ultimate blessing is through repentance, what we just talked about, which is why many people refuse the terms God offers. They don't want to be expected to yield their will to God's will, right? That word yield is an important word in the New Testament, yield or submit your will to God's will. The salvation preached by the modernists doesn't require surrendering your life to Jesus. It doesn't require making Jesus your Lord and your Savior. And listen, if you are willing to make Jesus your Savior but not your Lord, then you believe in a gospel that is not the New Testament gospel. Right? Verse 26, it explained it to us so well. Yes, God sent Jesus to bless you and to bless all mankind, but look how these blessings would come once again in turning away every one of you from his iniquities. That's repentance. That's truth. And that's the cause of a lot of grief to the peddlers of religion. Uh, keep reading with me the peddlers of religion in chapter 4. And they spake unto the people, the priests and the captain of the temple, and the Sadducees came upon them. And look at this, verse 2. Being grieved that they taught the people. Being grieved that they taught the people. And preached through Jesus the resurrection from the dead. And they laid hands on them. That's not in a good way. Okay, they locked them up. Uh, and uh, they're going to talk to him the next day. This evening, you're getting locked up because you talked about Jesus. Now, think about this. If you're a Christian, if you're a believer in Jesus, are you ever grieved that somebody tells another person about Jesus? Hopefully not, right? You shouldn't be, right? If there's a church across town that's preaching Jesus, good on you. Good job. Keep it going, right? If there's a church in another county or across the state or a person who's preaching Jesus, we're cheering them on. You know who gets grieved when Jesus is taught? The enemies of Jesus, right? Who's the main enemy of Jesus? Well, we know certainly the enemy is known as Satan or the devil, but a lot of times it's religious leaders. The religious leaders were grieved that they were preaching the truth about Jesus, and this holds true for religious leaders of every age. They don't want Jesus to have control of your life because if Jesus has control, then they don't have control. And they want control over your life and your wallet and your children. Right? And you notice that any belief system, whether it's a religious belief system or humanism itself, which is basically what America believes in right now, that it always wants control over your life your wallet, and your children. It always does. And uh, could I just remind you that Christianity and religion are not at all the same thing? Okay? Religion is a man-made attempt to get to God. Christianity is a relationship through Jesus Christ. There's a verse I want you to see, though. It's so powerful. Verse number four. Look what it says. How be it? Many of them which heard the word believed. And the number of the men was about 5,000. 
wow. And it's a, yes, there are a whole lot of people on the Broadway that leads to destruction. They don't want anything to do with repentance or surrendering everything to Jesus. Howbeit, many of them which heard the word believed. That implies that they accepted the truth about Jesus and about repentance. And for those who do yield their will to God's will, everything has changed forever. They receive the blessing that has been promised since the time of Abraham. What a simple, powerful message this is. But we're not done yet. Uh, we read earlier in chapter 4, verses 5 through 12. And I want to take you back to verse number 12 now. It says, Neither is there salvation in any other, for there is none other name under heaven given among men, whereby you must be saved. And this verse is one of the foundational verses for the entire book of Acts, really for the whole New Testament. And let's talk about this last part of the message today, be saved, be saved. Now, the term saved is clearly a scriptural term, okay? Sometimes it gets misused, sometimes it gets watered down, sometimes it gets completely redefined, okay? There are cults that use the term saved. There are cults that use the term salvation, but it doesn't mean the same thing. There are cults that use the term atonement, but it's not talking about the atonement of Jesus' blood as the only price for your sins. Uh, Peter lays out the true definition here. Salvation does not come through any other way than the way, the truth, and the life. Jesus Christ of Nazareth. We saw earlier in verse 7, the authorities wanted to know, hey, who gave you guys the power to heal the lame man? And Peter's answer blew them all away. It was all in the name of Jesus, the guy they had recently hung on a cross. And there's none other name under heaven given among men whereby you must be saved. Now, I happen to really enjoy verse 13. Look at Acts 4, verse number 13. Now, when they saw the boldness of Peter and John and perceived that they were unlearned and ignorant men, they marveled, and they took knowledge of them that they had been with Jesus. You're like, whoa, who are these hillbillies that are talking to us? Right? These guys, they don't know anything. They're hicks. Right? They're rednecks. Who are they to talk to this council? And they took knowledge of them that they had been with Jesus. The authorities couldn't figure out this great mystery because, yes, the lame man had clearly been healed. But the authorities said, we don't want to hear any more about this Jesus of Nazareth. Look what they told him, verse 16. Saying, what shall we do to these men? For that indeed a notable miracle has been done by them as manifest to all them that dwell in Jerusalem. And we cannot deny it. But that it spread no further among the people, let us straightly threaten them that they speak henceforth no more in this name. They speak to no man in this name. So they called the disciples in. And listen to what they told them, verse number 18. Verse 18, they called them, commanded them not to speak at all, nor teach in the name of Jesus. But Peter and John answered and said unto them, 
Whether it be right in the sight of God to hearken unto you more than any unto God, judge ye, for we cannot but speak the things which we have seen and heard. And I want you to notice again the simplicity of the gospel. We cannot but speak what we've seen and heard. You know, if we're going to reach this world for Christ, we have to get back to the basic Christianity that's found in Acts, where it's all about Jesus. It's all about sharing Jesus. It's all about what Jesus said and did. And that brings us to today's faith challenge. Being a witness for Christ is just telling others what you've seen and heard. Being a witness doesn't make you better than the next guy. It is just one repentance sinner telling another sinner how to repent. It's one guy who was lost telling another guy how he was found. And there's no earthly power that can stop a witness of those who follow Jesus Christ. He said, we cannot but speak the things which we've seen and heard. If Jesus is the last thing you consider talking to people about, then it really begs the question whether or not he's your Lord. Because is received when by faith you turn from your way to God's way. And Jesus becomes your Savior and your Lord at the same instant. And I'm telling you, Jesus can't be your Savior without also being your Lord. Now, it could be that you were introduced to Jesus as this free ticket to heaven. And obviously, you were interested. And somebody said, just pray this prayer, or just say these words, and you're in. You're a child of God. You have eternal life. But to be saved, you have to be saved from your sins. Which means, first, admitting that you've sinned against God. Realizing that those sins condemn you to eternal death. Repenting of those sins and accepting Jesus as the only payment in full for your sins. And it could be that you've gone to church for many years, but you've never truly repented. It could be that you've been thinking you have eternal life, but you've never surrendered your life to Jesus. And if you have never fully surrendered your life to God, let me give you that opportunity as we close this service this morning. Bow with me in prayer. Father, if there's anyone here today who has never repented of their sins and fully surrendered their lives to you, I pray that right now that they would go in their hearts before your throne and say, Jesus, I know that I'm a sinner. I know that the penalty for sin is eternal death, separation from God. And today, I turn from my way to you. I receive you into my life. I accept what you've done for me on the cross. Come into my heart and save me. I want you to be my Savior and Lord. And Father, I pray that those who did that today would share that news with someone around them before they leave this place this morning, that they would walk in your grace in days to come. Bless us now as we go from this place. Help us to serve and honor you and be witnesses for you wherever we go this week. And we ask it in Jesus' name, amen. God bless you, everybody. I hope you have a wonderful Labor Day. And some of you may have to work, but I know a lot of you will be off. 
at it. So enjoy your day together. God bless. We'll see you.